0: Welcome to Canada's National Bible Hour. This is Brian Albrecht, your host and president of Mission Go. Today our scripture reading is taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58, which says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. This is a wonderful verse that tells us in times of great confusion. When the world seems to be in a state of flux and nothing seems to be steady and holy, we can rely upon this verse. It tells us to be steadfast, to be strong, and always abound in the Lord's work. Because you know that your labor is not in vain, the Lord will reward us for our faithfulness, for our ability to be able to reach out to those who are lost, those who are hurting, those who are carrying heavy burdens, this is a great time to be a great light and to help further the cause of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.
1: In my heart In my heart
0: During this time of COVID, we are unable to schedule some of the in-studio interviews with our missionaries. Dr. Albrecht has taken this time to present a series of studies to the staff and missionaries which are broadcast around the world. Please join us as he speaks to the staff in this series of messages. God bless. This is part four of the I Am series. He's our light as we follow him as we live holy lives, as we do the due diligence that we need to do each day, as we pray, as we read God's word, as we saturate ourselves with God's truth. God blesses us. God gives us light. There are times in my life, and I know there are times in your life, when you read the scriptures and you just feel like God is talking to you. And it's such a wonderful, warm, just a glorious feeling that you get. Because you know God's speaking. And you know God's a part of your life and you know God's trying to tell you something or God wants you to do something. It's just so amazing when those things happen. And that's where we want to live. We want to live in the light. This whole world is dark. It's sinful. It's perverted. The people here have reprobate minds. I was reading that this morning and my reading this morning was Romans 1, 18 and 5 where they have all these perversions of sexual sins and how we have reprobate minds and how so far it is away from God's truth. But we have the light and in this dark place, this dark place that we minister, this dark, dark place where we live, we have the privilege of being lights to share the good news of the gospel, to see people come to Christ, to see people make that decision which, is, which will change their destiny from a place of destruction, a place of judgment, to a place of life, eternal life, and presence with the Lord Jesus Christ. What a privilege we have to share the gospel of Christ. Thank you for listening to Canada's National Bible Hour. This month we're offering a wonderful, wonderful booklet entitled 100 Prophecies Fulfilled by Jesus. This booklet is really rich in that it describes the prophecy from the Old Testament, then it gives the Old Testament reference and the verse, and then it gives the New Testament fulfillment that Jesus did during his ministry, and so it's just a wonderful companion to your Bible study as you see the wonderful fulfillments of all the prophecies of the Old Testament. There are a hundred of them listed here. It's a wonderful opportunity to see how God has used men and women over the years to prophesy about the coming Messiah. And those prophecies have been accurately and literally fulfilled in the New Testament. And it really lets you see how God has preserved his word over all these years. And we know if all the prophecies of the Jesus coming and his first advent are true, we know that the prophecies for the second advent, which are many, many more, will also be fulfilled literally, just like the first hundred were fulfilled. So to get your copy, you can write to Canada's National Bible Hour, Box 1210, St. Catharines, Ontario, L2R 7A7 or in the United States at Box 2010, Buffalo, New York, 14231, and just say 100 prophecies and we'll be sure to forward your copy ASAP. Thank you.
1: Rescue the perishing, care for the dying Snatch them in pity from sin and the grave Weep for the erring one, lift up the fallen Tell them of Jesus the mighty to save Rescue the perishing, care for the dying Jesus is merciful, Jesus will save Though they are sliding in, still he is waiting Waiting the penitent child to receive Plead with them earnestly, plead with them gently, He will forgive if they only believe. Uh Take care for the dying. Jesus is merciful. Jesus will
0: the Today's message is from Reverend Art Larson and is taken from the book of Philippians. Printed copies
2: are available upon request. How are you today, my friend? Someone has written, I'm fine. I'm fine. There's nothing whatever the matter with me. I'm just as healthy as I can be. I have arthritis in both of my knees and when I talk I talk with a wheeze. My pulse is weak, my blood is thin, but I'm awfully well for the shape I'm in. My teeth eventually will have to come out and I can't hear a word unless you shout. I'm overweight and I can't get thin, but I'm awfully well for the shape I'm in. Arch supports I have for my feet or I wouldn't be able to walk down the street. Sleep is denied me every night and every morning I'm really a sight. My memory is bad and my head's a spin. I practically live on aspirin, but I'm awfully well for the shape I'm in. The moral is, as this tale unfolds, that for you and me who are growing old, it's better to say I'm fine with a grin than to let people know the real shape that you're in. Now, really, this morning, how are you? Are you rejoicing? Are you filled with joy? A.W. Tozer once said, Every Christian owes it to the world to be supernaturally joyful. That tells you that joy is a supernatural thing. You see, happiness depends on happenings, but joy comes deep from within, no matter what the circumstances may be. I want to begin with you today a study of the book of Philippians, and when it's my turn to speak on this broadcast over the next number of weeks, I want to study this beautiful book with you, and the theme of it is Joy and Rejoicing. Now that in itself is exciting, but when you realize that Paul wrote this from prison in Rome where he was chained in a cell, well, then you realize that joy and rejoicing has to be something supernatural from God. Joy is used five times in the book, the word rejoicing 16 times. And of course, Paul refers again and again to the Lord Jesus Christ who said, these things have I said to you. These things have I shared with you that my joy might be in you and that your your joy therefore might be full, fullness of joy. You see, the book of Philippians is about the Christian life. Someone has said chapter 1 is the power of the Christian life, Christ. Chapter 2 is the pattern of the Christian life, Christ. Chapter 3 is the purpose for the Christian life, Christ. Chapter 4 is the provision of the Christian life, Christ. And then someone has said, if you take the term rejoicing and outline the book of Philippians, chapter 1 is the secret of rejoicing. Chapter 2 is the source of rejoicing. Chapter 3 is the satisfaction of rejoicing. Chapter 4 is the strength of rejoicing. And it's all centered in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to Paul as he begins this letter. Paul and Timothy... The servants of the of Jesus Christ to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi with the bishops and deacons. Paul says he and Timothy are servants. The word there is the Greek word doulos, which means bond slave. Christ had mastered them. And as we look at this first chapter under the mastery of Christ, we will see that Paul's concerned about the master's people, and then he's committed to the master's proclamation, and then he's contented with the master's plan. And in these studies, we're going to look at this wonderful first chapter and then go on through all of the four chapters of the book of Philippians. That Notice that Paul also writes to those who are the saints in Christ Jesus. The word saints is the Greek word hegios, which refers to holy or sanctified, which means set apart for God's holy use. You see, when you come to know Christ, you are his forever and he sets you apart for His holy use, and your life becomes different. That's why Paul wrote to the Corinthians and said, Therefore, if anyone be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and all things become new. So now look at verse 1 again, and listen to the term. To all the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi. If you're in Christ Jesus and at Philippi, you're saved. But if you're only at Christ Jesus, and you haven't come in yet... And you're in whatever city you're in, Philippi or wherever else. If you're only at Christ Jesus and in Philippi, you're lost. But if you're in Christ Jesus and at Philippi, you're saved. I trust you're in Christ today. Now, I want you to notice from verses 3 to 11, which is far, which is as far as we'll get today, that Paul says three things to these people that he writes to in Philippi. He first of all says, I have you on my mind, verses 3, 4, 5, and 6. He says, I have you in my heart, verses 7 and 8. And then he says, I have you in my prayers, verses 9, 10, 11. That's a pretty good plan to follow for any Christian in their relationship to other believers. Notice Paul says, I have you on my mind. Let me read you these verses. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making request with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now being confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of jesus christ paul is saying i have you on my mind i think about you and every time i remember you i'm thankful i'm joyful i'm encouraged i'm confident that's a wonderful thing and remember paul had some bad memories from philippi that's where he was arrested that's where he was beaten that's where he was put into prison but later that Philippian jailer that even had beat him came to know Jesus Christ as his Savior and all of his family and they were baptized and began to witness for the Lord. You read this in Acts chapter 16. But when Paul looks back he doesn't think about all the bad things. So many people dwell on the bad things. There are so many good things to think about and dwell upon. Paul says, I remember you with thanks, verse 3. Every time I think of you I thank God can people say that of you, I thank God for you? And then he says in verse 4, when I remember and make request, I do it with joy. He says, I, I have you on my mind, not only with thanks, but with joy. Can people say that about you, that you bring joy when they think of you? And then he says in verse 5, I remember with great encouragement your fellowship. That's the word koinonia. That was a a very uh, well-known phrase in the first century relating to Christians getting together and being together and loving together. But Paul elevates it even further. He says, I thank God for your fellowship in the gospel, in the gospel from the first day till now. You see, Paul was remembering how they had preached the gospel to them and how they had come to believe the gospel and then they in turn had joined with Paul and Timothy and his evangelistic team in also preaching the gospel and together they fellowshipped sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Are you involved in your local church? Do you serve with your pastor? Do you serve with your missionaries, as it were? Do you serve in your community, sharing the gospel and fellowshipping with those of like precious faith and presenting the gospel? We need to do that, desperately need to do it in our day. And then Paul says, I remember you also with confidence, verse 6. He says, I'm confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. What he's saying is if God started it, he'll finish it. Whatever God begins, he will complete it in the day of Jesus Christ. You see, Christ's finished work on Calvary is all that we need. His precious shed blood, his sacrifice for our sins, his death on our behalf in our place, and then his glorious resurrection, his intercession, and his soon coming, it's all completed, and he who begins a good work in us will continue that work, performing it and completing it to the day of Jesus Christ. Paul says, yes, I have you on my mind. I pray that you today have many Christians on your mind, when you get letters from your missionaries, when you hear uh, and see and fellowship with your pastor or pastors, when you're with other Christian people, when you even hear on the news about how, how other Christians are suffering or a need in other parts of the world, I trust you let that penetrate your mind and you don't forget. We forget so easy. Let us remember with thanks, with joy, with encouragement and with confidence. And then Paul says, I have you in my heart. He uses the very words in verse seven. Listen as I read, even as it is right for me to think this of you all because I have you in my heart. inasmuch as as both in my bonds or my chains here in prison and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you are all partakers of my grace. And then verse eight, he says, God's my witness. How greatly I long after you all in the tender mercies of Jesus Christ. Yes, he says, I have you in my heart. What does he mean by that? He simply means I love you. Remember what Jesus said, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. Oh, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit given unto us. Paul could remember these people in Philippi and say, I have you in my heart because I love you and I long for you. Verse eight, I long for you for you in the deep love and tender mercies of Jesus Christ." You see, it was not Paul's love through Christ for them, it was Christ's love through Paul to them. If there is anyone in your life today, especially some believer in your, in your home, in your family, in your church, in your community that you don't love, ask God to give you His love. And that love, if you're truly saved, has been shed abroad in your hearts by the Holy Spirit. And He will give you His love. And that's the thing that characterizes the church of Jesus Christ. Oh, they love Jesus. And oh, they love each other with the love of Jesus. That's why it's so wonderful when Christians get together. And Paul was remembering that because now he's in prison. He can't be with them any longer. And he's saying, I have you in my mind, I have you in my heart. But then he says in verses 9, 10, and 11, I have you in my prayers. Ah, he didn't forget them. He says, I have you in my prayers. From my mind to my heart, I just utter forth in prayer. Constantly, in every prayer of mine, he says. And constantly, I remember you. I'm thinking of the Old Testament high priest who wore an ephod over his chest or heart. On it were 12 stones with the names of the 12 tribes of Israel engraved on them, a jewel for each tribe. He carried them on his heart with love to God's throne. That's what Paul is doing here. He's saying, as I have you on my mind and in my heart, I have you in my prayers. Now, what did he pray for? Oh, this is important. Good for us to study the prayers of the apostle Paul and others in the scripture. First of all, he prayed for their love to be sound. He says, in this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. In knowledge and in all judgment. What he's saying there is advancing knowledge. That's a Greek word, epignosis, which means advanced knowledge, growing in grace and knowledge of the Lord, going deeper and deeper. You see, love without the knowledge and the depth of Scripture just becomes wishy-washy. But love must have as it were, discernment. So Paul is praying as he prays for these Philippian believers that they might have Not only abounding love, but discerning love, to discern between good and evil, Evil, Hebrews 5.14. Between truth and error, 1 John 4.6. Between that which is good, better, and best, here in Philippians 1.10. In other words, that they might discern what is the highest, that which really matters. He's praying for their love to be sound as it is discerning love and that that love might abound. And then he prays for their life to be sincere, verse 10. I pray that you may approve things that are excellent and that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. The word sincere is very interesting. In the Greek, it's two words, sun, S-U-N, and judged, sun, judged. Latin, the two words mean sinne, without wax. There's an illustration here. If you lived in Paul's day and went down to the market, you would find people selling clay pots. That's what everybody used. You had to be careful what you bought because some of them had cracks in them, but they would cover them up. If they were a dishonest merchant, they would fill those cracks with wax, paint over them, and they looked well, but if you used those pots, they would leak because they had cracks. So what you would do is take the clay pot and hold it up to the sunlight, and the sunlight would reveal the cracks, even though you couldn't tell it from the outside. Paul is saying, I want you Christians to be sincere. I don't want you to have cracks. I don't want you to appear to be something you're not. I don't want you to be a hypocrite. I want you to be sincere and without offense. I don't want you to be a stumbling block till the day of Christ. Ah, that's so important today. And then last of all, Paul says in verse 11, I pray not only that your love may be sound and your life be sincere, but I want your labor to be successful. He says, being filled with the fruits, plural, of righteousness, right living, which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God, the fruits. Now what is the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. And if those fruits are in our lives of character, then our labor will always produce eternal fruit to the glory of God. Not decayed rotten fruit that people don't want, and you wouldn't buy it at the marketplace, but fresh, beautiful, and appetizing fruit that will make a world in which we live want to have what we have. Well, there you have it for today. We'll continue our studies next time in Philippians chapter 1, but I want you to see that Paul had these people in his heart, uh, on his mind, and in his prayers, and I pray that today you will know Christ, that you'll be in Christ, and know His joy, and that you too will become like Paul, someone who cares about the Master's people because you love the Master. May God bless you, my friend.
0: I trust the message you just heard will be meaningful to you throughout this next week and you can apply it to your own life. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave a gift, he gave his own begotten Son. Whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. God's a holy God, a righteous God, and can't be in the presence of sin. And so there had to be an appeasement to appease the justice of God. And the Lord Jesus is the one who did that for you, and he did that for me. He died there in your place because you and I and the whole world, for the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We've all done bad things, things that we're ashamed of, things that we shouldn't have done that we know we were wrong. And so because of those things, we need to have a Savior, and Jesus is a Savior. He gives you the Holy Spirit. He's with you all the time. He guides and directs the thoughts and intents of your heart and helps you to live a better life. If you want the booklet, The 100 Prophecies, which I think would be a great encouragement to you and a great blessing to your Bible study, please write to Canada's National Bible Hour, Box 1210, St. Catharines, Ontario, L2R seven A seven, or in the United States at Box 2010, Buffalo, New York, 14231. You can also hear past broadcasts at www.missiongo.org, M-I-S-S-I-O-N-G-O.org. O-R-G. And please continue to remember us in your prayers, and I trust that God will continue to bless your life and go with you and meet your needs throughout the next week.